Before you're seated this morning, I just want to give you my passage. We believe it's reverent to honor God's word because God's word is who he is. You can't separate God's word from God. He was the word made flesh. He is kingdom come. He is Jesus. So we're going to read real quick before we seat Psalms chapter 30, verse 1 through 12. It says, I will extol you or praise you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and I have not, and you have not let my foes rejoice over me. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried out to you, and you healed me? This is David. Remember Bathsheba? Remember all the dirty things David did? He says, you still took care of me, God. Oh, Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave because I was dead in the pit, and you have kept me alive, though I should not go down in the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. So we sing praises to him and give thanks to his holy name. That's why we still do it today, and David was doing it back then. For his anger is but for a moment, but his favor, everybody say favor, is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Come on, somebody. Joy comes in the morning. Weeping is for just a season. Joy is forever. Now, in my prosperity, I said I shall never be moved. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. That's good. Your favor, because of your favor, God, you have made my mountain stand strong. And you hid your face from me this one time, and I was troubled because without your favor, I can't do it. When you hid from me, God, I couldn't do it. I need you, God. I can't survive without you. That's what he's saying there. You hid my face, and I was troubled. I cried out to you, O Lord, and the Lord, I made supplication to you, petition. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper. You know, Jesus said the comforter will come, and he says, I will come to you. He just said, I will come to you. I am the comforter, and I will not leave you parentless. Oh, Lord, you be my helper. The comforter means helper. Little foreshadow there. Old Testament, New Testament. Verse 11, you have turned for me my morning into dancing, even if it's not good. <laughs> and you have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. To the end of the glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. We weren't come here to be silent. We are come to give thanks. Come on, somebody. If you came here to be silent, just change your mind and say, I came here to give praise even when it feels weird. I know it feels weird because I've never done it before. It felt weird also when I drank black coffee for the first time. And now it's like my favorite thing, Jeff. So let me tell you, weird things get normal after a while. And you don't want to be like everybody else. You want to be weird. It's a good thing. It means you're different. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. My subject this morning is what is your favorite favor? As you're seated, find three people and give them a high five and say, what's your favorite? What's your favorite? What's your favorite favor? You can be seated. Man, we love y'all. Y'all even know love people. God loves people. We love people. We do this together. That's what makes it fulfilling is that we do it together. So 
whenever I talk about somebody really close to me that did me wrong or did me weird, I got to rename them because it wouldn't be right if I called them out, especially with the camera going, Debbie. See, y'all know George. George has been mentioned many times, sometimes by his real name, on accident. And George could be anybody. But I had this friend, George, way back when I lived in Nashville. And, you know, I was a broke musician, so I didn't have any money. I said, Mommy, help me. I don't know what to do. This waiting table things isn't working. I can't, can't buy any food. I had a college degree, too. I know it's really weird. I had a, I had a private school business degree, waiting tables. Because I wanted to be, you know, a musician or something. And... Um, so I had this friend who was a little more established than me, and then he was older, George, and he had a house, and I ended up renting a room from him. And every time we'd go somewhere, he's like, oh, don't worry, JG. Call me JG. Don't worry, JG. I got you. And I know where this goes. See, I don't like to borrow because then I got to pay it back. And so the funny thing about George, and I love him to death, but this is just the truth. We used to get into it over this, is, you know, hey, thank you for the White Castle. Hey, thank you for the McDonald's. Hey, it's time to pay George back. I'll take the steak. Come on, somebody. Who knows somebody like that? When it's time to pay them back, they go big. Yeah? I'm like, steak? Do you, you see my wallet? Can't afford no steak. I can't afford no, no skirt steak. I can't afford no flank steak. I can't, escort, I can't afford any type of meat. Okay, George? But the problem I had is even though he was trying to do me good, when, when it was time to pay him back, I, I didn't want to feel that pressure. So I'd just rather not engage. Don't lend me anything because then I feel obligated to do it back. Don't do me any favors because if you do me a favor, then I feel obligated to do a favor back for you. And that means I have to like be unselfish and I have to be unconditional and I have to do something nice for you. And I don't have time for that. Really? Anybody? Is this just me? You guys here today? It's quiet. You got to make extra noise. It's acoustic walk. Does anybody ever feel that way when somebody does them a favor? Like they give you a nice gift. You're like, don't give me a gift. I don't need any gifts. But what you're really saying is I don't want to have to worry about finding you a gift because now I feel pressure to give you back a gift. Anybody? Okay, it's not just me. Okay, good. Thank you. I was about to go cry in the corner. <laughs> that guy is selfish and dirty with gift giving. <laughs> but that's why I didn't, I didn't care to return favors or borrow favors to begin with, because then it made me accountable, obligated, responsible, and I had to care. Ew. <sighs> but I want to ask you today, what is your favorite favor someone has done for you? Specific to being really like a favor, a favor meaning it wasn't warranted or earned, but out of the kindness of someone else's heart, they granted you something that would otherwise not have happened. Favor is a funny word in the church world. It's different than the cultural use of it because we use it in a couple ways. Culturally, we say um, to do someone a favor is like helping them out without expectation or personal gain. But spiritually, we talk about God's favor. Man, I'm really believing for God's Favor on your life. So good. So good. You know, there's really good buzzwords, and favor is, a, is if you want to really sound extra Christian, guys, you just talk about God's favor. God's got favor. He really does have favor, but I'm just making a joke because sometimes, you know, that's all people say is favor, and they don't tell you about the truth, which means you're going to have to go through some things. And you don't always have to sit there and wait on God. God tells you to step up and do something sometimes and take action. He'll meet you in the middle. They don't say that to say, I'm just waiting, in the, I'm basking in God's presence, waiting for him to tell me to get a job. No, he said, get a job. And then I'll get you promoted. But you step by step. Where's Mike? He knows, he knows the slogan. You step by step. So, so anyway, this thing about favor is, like, if I do Nate a favor, then he, you know, he's Nate. So he'd be like, oh, you know, I'll help Pastor Jeff back. I'll help do a favor back. And, and then there's this word about Nate. There's favor on your life. God has favor on your life. 
And Debbie has favor on your life too. But they seem so different like off the tongue, but really they're very connected. If you think about it, they're very connected in both ways. The two feel different when rolled off the tongue, but they're very connected. Because favor is something often unearned and undeserving, but it's the reason we exist. You know you exist today because of favor. You know you're able to get here and sit in your chair because of favor. Come on, somebody. It's not, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a Ferris Bueller class. Bueller. It's like, yeah, whoa, I didn't think about that. See, I got air to breathe. Someone gave me that. I got favor. I got favor. It's kind of like, I keep thinking of the word flavor. My kids say, what's your favorite flavor, Dad? Like grape. But we're talking about favor. But I want to get excited about favor like I do for a grape-flavored snow cone. It's good. It's good. But we're talking about favor. So don't go home and start looking at snow cones. We were talking about favor, not flavors. Golly. Throwing Napoleon Dynamite there. See, the best favors in your life, truly, you can never pay back. The best favors you can never pay back. Sorry, George. Uh, maybe I'll put that on layaway, and I'll lay away that stake to you because I'm, I'm never paying that thing back, and I'll move back to St. Louis before I get you your stake, bro, okay? So don't lend me nothing because you're not getting your stake back, okay? I don't have time for that. But the best favors in your life and on your life are the ones you can never pay back. And the first step to... Living in favor, recognizing favor, is recognizing the need for it. See, some of y'all came in here thinking, I got it. I got the nice ride. I got money in the bank. I ain't got no coronavirus up in me. I ain't got nothing. I got it going on. But you don't know that you actually got favor. You didn't do that. You didn't do that by yourself. Someone opened the door for you. Someone let you live this long. Even all that stuff you said. Someone, someone lets you be healthy. Someone healed you when you were sick. Someone, someone was kind to you when you didn't deserve it. See, there's, this is not like to make you feel bad. This is, this is just recognizing the need for favor matters. And the reason David was so um, in the forefront of God's mind all the time and, and David was so successful in his mission for God is because he always knew his need for God's favor. He saw it. It says the first verse, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. He knows that God spared him in those wars. He didn't say, I did it. I'm so good. Look at me. Selfie time. No, David didn't do that. He said, God, it's because of your favor. You have made my mountain stand strong. It's your favor that I was able to endure when I definitely didn't deserve it. And when you hid your face from me, God, I didn't know what to do with myself because I know that I can't do it alone. I've got to have your favor. And so too many times when you're comfortable, and, you know, like, like I'm, I'm guilty. I'm preaching to myself here. When, when you're comfortable, you wait till you stumble first before you seek some favor, you know, before you ask God for a favor. You wait till you fall. The Bible says uh, a man stumble, uh, pride cometh before a fall. That means I got it. I got it. I know what I'm doing. I'm not on the, woo, I'm in the pits. Help me out, Jesus. That's what that means. Pride cometh before a fall. I'm too good to sing. I'm too good to praise. I'm too good to clap because I got it under control. But God says, if you knew who was making your body work, you'd recognize the favor you need in your life. And that's me. And that's what David would do. We don't know we're sick. We think we're, we think we're whole. Jesus says, I came to seek and save that which is lost. The, the, the whole don't need a physician. They do. 
but they don't know they're sick. And until you recognize a need, God can't express his favor so you see it. And he's actually applying favor to your life even when you don't know it, even before you know it, maybe by a decade. Maybe God was building something you for a decade and you didn't even know it till 10 years later. See, God builds favor. He's always favoring you. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to win. You were made in his image. And so it wouldn't make sense that God wants you to fail. We don't say failure. We say try again. We say growth. Failure is quitting. David didn't quit even after Bathsheba when he should have quit by most. He said, no, I just, I believe the Lord will, will make this right and I'm wrong, God. And he paid, he paid a punishment, but God made it right and he, he moved on to do more great things. He recognized the need for favor. And until you recognize that you're sick, we're all sick, guys. We're all sick. Guess what? Did you know we were born in the world of sin? We didn't, even, we didn't even commit the sin. We were just born into it. It's the curse of sin. And I know we don't like to talk about sin because that means like we're accountable and all these things. But we were born sick. And when we go old enough to become accountable, now we have a decision to make. Am I going to make a decision? We're not talking about little babies. We're talking about accountable adults when they're old enough to make a decision. Am I going to live for God or am I going to turn my back over and over? Am I going to control it or am I going to let God control it because ultimately he is anyway? It's just a matter of when you're going to recognize the need. Nothing's really changing. It's just you recognizing the need. I heard a really good illustration once about the little kids. You know, you get the kids with the popcorn. Don, you probably remember this when the girls were little. You know, the popcorn popping vacuum. You know, with the balls that bloop, 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 bloop. And they're like, oh, I'm vacuuming so good. I'm doing so good, Daddy. But they don't know that like, as you grow old and you think you're doing so good that there's someone behind you steering a vacuum. There's someone really driving the vacuum, that's Jesus, or your dad or your mom, I don't know, because you did a bad job and they're not giving you your allowance or something. But you got to recognize the need. And fear will cause you to steer away from God's favor, because it's there or not, it's a matter if you take it. And he's applying it even when you don't know you need it, or don't, don't even know it's being applied to you. It's a fear of trust that I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to keep doing it the same way. I'm going to keep doing it the same way because if I have to do anything for God, then there's a consequence. But that's a facade. That's what the world wants you to think. If you give, if you give up anything for God, you're going to lose, they say, but you're actually going to win better than Charlie Sheen. You're going to win better than Charlie Sheen when you do it for God because the world says you're going to lose this and you're going to be restricted this and I'm not going to be Sally Church Girl or whatever. That's what we used to hear. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be, you know, Johnny, Johnny Church Boy or whatever. I'm not going to be that because they have a misconception of what a Christian is. They've seen some bad stuff. Guess what? There's no perfect place. There's no perfect church. There's no perfect job. There's no perfect people. But for some reason, when they come in a church and they see one flaw, they go, oh, that's the whole church. It's not true. It's not meant to be that way. And maybe you are called to be the difference. You don't like the way they do that? Well, come on, provide a solution. That's what we say. We say, how do we make it better? It's easy to say what's wrong, but how do we make it better? So as Christians, our job is to try to help you get better, even when it's not comfortable. Well, yeah, it won't be comfortable because you, you got to stretch. You got to go outside of your comfort zone. And when you know that you have God's favor on your life, you feel like you can do anything. And that's why David was so successful here on earth, because he knew the favor was there and he knew he needed it to survive. 
If God does me a favor, what do I got to do for God? I got to pay this stake back? I don't know. Maybe it's a little different with God. Maybe it's not like George. But before we, before we go there, if you don't know what favor is, just think about some obstacles you've had in your life. Think about transitions. When you transitioned into your marriage, when you transitioned into in and out of a relationship that was turmoil, when you transitioned into, into being a parent, when you transitioned out of something that was comfortable and you got through it and you wonder, how did I do that? That's God's favor. God let that happen. It doesn't mean he's pulling your strings and you don't have any strength. It means God allowed it and he gave you a pathway and you took the chance and you walked it. That's favor. That's God's favor. God uses men to express his favor on your life. So look back at the transitions and think about what God brought you through and you didn't even know it until later. You didn't even know it. So many times God spared us when it could have been the last straw. It could have been the end of you. It could have been the end of me. Some of y'all remember, I don't like talking about this, but it makes a good illustration, so I still talk about it. Though I don't like to keep talking about it, but I keep doing that, Nate. I don't know why I keep talking about this. See, in 2018, I was driving the big trailer, the first trailer. Jen, I remember, you, saw, you said you didn't see the signs up. Something was wrong that morning. I remember Jen telling me that. Wow, I thought, wow, people care about me? They're like, they're like really into this church. This church is working. This was the, so let me, let me give you some context because this is all in my head. See, we had launched a church in January 2018, and by August 2018, we had upgraded from a little 6x12 enclosed cargo trailer to a full car hauler. Car hauler. You could put a Corvette in that thing, Jeff, if you wanted, or a couple of Harleys, or maybe four Harleys. It's out back, by the way. He's got, he's got Harleys, and we could, we could put one in there if you want. On day one, how many know the story? On day one. I'm driving that thing. That's back before we had a really big setup team and had it covered. I'm driving that thing on day one, eight in the morning. I'm so excited. Yeah, baby, church is grown. We got the stuff and everything's good to go. And out of nowhere, boom, head-on collision. Right into the stoplight at Orff Road and Highway N. Oh, I remember the sirens. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, the picture of the, the truck was upside down and the, and the trailer was like this and the, and the, and the, um, the, the hitch uh, was twisted. I mean, you didn't know metal could twist in a the, in the 360 degree like that. It was impressive. And I was fine and I was upset, you know, but, but it took me a bit to recognize all the favor that was in that moment. Because when I got out the truck, I was old Jeff. I was hot. And I was like, who did this? Who wrecked our church stuff? No, you didn't. Jesus, have your way. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't that mean, but I was upset. And I was a little delirious because, you know, I just slammed into a, a light. And I crawled out the top, and the airbag gave me a nice UFC left to my face. And I got out, and I was delirious. They're like, you should sit down. I'm like, no, I'm fine. They're like, really? People say they're fine, but they're really, their neck's messed up. And I'm like, yeah, my neck kind of hurts. And I'm sitting in the ambulance, and I'm rambling still about them messing up our church stuff. I'm serious. All I'm saying is, you, you don't understand. This is the church's stuff, and you just ruined it. And I was just like, I was like venting. I was so upset because all the time, and all I was thinking about was this material part of it. It didn't dawn on me the, the favor. And here's, here's a funny part I remember. So, so I didn't have anybody to call. I didn't even have a cell phone. And I don't know anybody's number no more because I've been become a robot and dependent on my, my cell phone to tell me what number I'm supposed to call by name, and it's really backwards. And all I could remember was my brother's phone number. So some lady gave me her phone. I called my brother. He came. And by the time he got there, 
uh, I was, they make you sit in the ambulance in the, in the gurney or whatever, and I really was not that bad, but it looked awful. And they were strapping me down. And so I couldn't even like turn. And I just heard my brother say, Jeff, you okay? And I recognized a favor right then. I couldn't even turn to see him. And I, I didn't feel any emotion until I just said it right then. I just heard, Jeff, you okay? And I know my brother's voice. So as soon as I heard his voice, I said, yeah, I'm all right, bro. That was it. Never looked at him. He said, okay. We, we've done a lot together, so we know each other inside and out like a book. So he, he went on his way, and they, they took me to the hospital, and, and I was fine. And, and, and the moral of the story is when I looked back, and I'm reading the, the, the thing, and, and it's in the newspaper saying, you know, young male, 38, whatever, uh, flips truck. I'm like, they're talking about me. That's so weird. I don't, I didn't feel like it was that big a deal. And so I'm thinking, and I didn't even think about like how my kids would think. And I remember I, they made me put the thing on. I'm sitting in the hospital and I said, don't let the kids come in here. They're going to cry. They're going to think I'm really hurt. And I'm really fine. Just let me come out there, Michelle. So I waited because my Caleb, especially he would just melt like tears. We saw that thing around my neck and all the things. So I, I got out, I came home and I'm still mad. And I'm still like talking about the church stuff. And it took about 48 hours. And I go, oh, man, I almost died. It was that close because I hit this. I, I tried to miss the guy to spare his car, and instead I didn't see the streetlight right there. I drove straight into it, and I just clipped it enough that I flipped out the way. So I, I, I wrote this sermon like the hand of God or the finger of God because in the moment it was so graceful, even though the impact was loud, that God just went like this. I mean, I was headed right at that thing. But the favor of God will do something different. The favor of God will just put a little bit of pressure to get it off course. And it just steered it right into a ditch. I climbed right out, and they're like, what are you? Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm just getting out of my truck. It's broke. <laughs> Is the thing going to blow up? Is that going to blow up like in the movies? I'm going to get out of here. Should I get my phone? I'm going to leave it. It's the one time I left my phone, and it was tough. It was tough, Andre. I was like, do I want to die over my phone? No, I don't. Well, let me, Michelle, can I just get, okay. The point of telling that story is God's favor was in the mix the whole time. And God's doing that in your life all the time. He's just making little adjustments. You think you had some tragic thing, but it could have been so much worse. And God's favor just put a little bit of pressure to the left or a little bit of pressure to the right or a little bit of a wave of his hand by the spirit of God. His wind, he blows his right into where it should be so that you could be here today. That's favor. That's favor. David said, weeping is just for a night, but joy comes in the morning, and joy did come back after about 72 hours. It was, it was rough. But the best favors on your life were the ones you could never pay back. God did me a favor that day, and I'm sure you all have stories similar We've got people in here sick. We've got people in here struggling. We've got people not here sick. We've got people not here struggling. We've got prayer requests all over. We've got loved ones losing loved ones. We've got needs all over. And so what's important is when you feel like it's the end, remember God is still in there providing favor. What's your favorite favor? It's the ones you can't pay back. It's the ones you need, God. You hid your face from me, God, and I, I can't pay it back, God. Don't hide from me. I have to have your favor in my life. And when we recognize that, we will cry out. 
we will sense what God has done. We will cry out with a joy of praise because the weight is lifted. It will make you do things for God that you said, that was not cool before. Why am I doing this now? Because God will cause you to cry out when you recognize the need for his favor in your life. Come on, somebody. Y'all with me? Lord, you've been my helper all along, and you continue to be even when I turn my back on you. David often wrote songs and talked about praise because what happens when you recognize the favor, you want to praise, you want to give thanks, you want to praise. Praising out of a thankful heart will cause you to do this. Praising will cause you to say, thank you, God, for sparing me another day. Thank you for letting me breathe. God, I know I don't make much time for you, but thank you for giving me another day with my children and my, my wife, and you've just blessed us, and we've just got more than we could ever consume, and you've just overly, abundantly supplied more than we could ever need or ask for, and we're just not worthy, God, and that's the kind of favor he continues to give and wants to give in your life. So when you recognize that, you want to praise as you become thankful. And I praise out of thanks. I worship out of a heart of praise. If you want to return something to God, because you never could pay him back, return some praise. If you want to return something back for the favor he's done in your life, return some praise. It's not an obligation to serve. It's a privilege. Sometimes I stand in the bathroom and I think, am I getting nervous? I'm like, no, I enjoy this. And I have this little talk in my head. I don't say it out loud, Andre, because that would be weird. But sometimes the carnal me goes, well, if I look at all the mechanics of this thing, that could feel like kind of heavy. That could feel like pressure. And I say, no, I enjoy it. And I don't think about it. I just go on my instinct. And that makes me remember who's carrying the weight. And that's how God will get you to handle any situation you're in. If you overthink it, it's going to feel heavy. you got to say, God, I need your favor. I can't do it alone. And I know as long as you're there, I don't have to think so hard about this. You've got me. You've got me. And that creates a heart of joy. And that creates a sense of privilege, that you feel privileged to be here, that you feel excited to serve God. You feel like, I want to give this away. This feels good. Did you know you were made to be a giver? Like everything? That's why it feels so good. You know it doesn't feel good when you take, 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 and it feels good at first, and then it wears off, and you're like, ah, I just feel empty again. It's because you were made to give. And when you really give, there's no greater receiving feeling you can get than when you give away because you're wired to be giving. And when you feel thankful, you want to give it away because it's in your DNA. It creates a burning desire to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the world. And it's going to cause you to remember something, joy. It's going to cause you to remember joy even though the night was bad. The morning is good. Joy comes in the morning no matter what. My pain is for a season. My sickness is for a season. Even if I walk away from this earth, my pain is from a season because I've got a, I've got a shepherd that has shed his blood that gives me a Token to eternal life. If I wash myself clean with his blood, I can be ransomed from the death that I was commissioned to pay. Y'all with me? It's deep, but it's the Bible. Remember the Bible? People forgetting the Bible. We got to give them the word. We don't want rice cakes. We want meat. We got to give meat and love 
and God will give the increase. I want to remember joy. I've got the joy, joy. Come on, joy, joy down in my heart. What? Down in my heart. Who? Down in. Come on, Nate. I got the joy. Come on, don't make me feel stupid. Joy, joy down in my heart. Down in the heart. Oh, oh you're going to make me go there. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. See, I'll do anything to make you laugh because I got joy in my heart. Joy in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. See, I can't remember words. Down in my heart to stay, yes. You don't even want to know I had to YouTube that this morning because I was afraid of butchering two lines that the kids can do. (sighs) Oh, man. Let's see you feel better because you put some joy in the garden. Joy is always there, but you got to recognize the need to recognize the joy. David says, he hid his face from me, and I was troubled. He says, I can't survive without God's favor. I can't be silent for what he's done. That's why David says, sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name, because your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong, God. Your favor, your favor, your favor. And the best favors on your life are the ones you'll never be able to pay back. If y'all could stand this morning as we close down March 8th in God's house. I never wanted to take favors because I didn't want to pay them back. But God says, this kind of favor, you don't have to pay me back. you got to pay it forward. God said, this kind of favor, you don't have to pay it back. You just need to praise back. That's what you need to do. David, your favor has made my mountain stand strong. God is the mountain. God is his mountain, you know. And when God is your mountain, did you know God can move other mountains? When you're standing on the rock that has no foundation issues, God can move any mountain that comes in your pathway because he is the rock and it's of ages. It means it don't expire. It doesn't wear down. There's no corrosion in his mountain. And if you stand on my rock, David says, which is the rock of God, I can move any other mountains.